What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some Dungeons and Dragons. Each week, we, or a listener like you, writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com, come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs, and we have some fun talking about them. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Allie Deutschman. That's right. And before we dive into our topics this week, we got a little bit of dungeon keeping. Mm-hmm. I know, two shows this week, with, with both with dungeon keeping. Oh, no. Wow. Um... <laughs> First piece of news is uh, we're going to be taking a break at the end of the month. Um, I know we just missed an episode, and if this is in the far flung future, you don't know we missed an episode. <laughs> uh, but we did. Uh, we you know we had uh, you know some rough weeks and whatnot, so we decided to forego an episode last week. And looking at the upcoming month, we realized that our release days would be on both Christmas and New Year's, and uh, you all are probably going to be uh, busy some way, somehow, just relaxing or anything uh, and not listening to a podcast. So we're going to we're gonna do the same. We're going to relax those yeah. weeks. We want to get in on uh, that action. <laughs> yeah, we want to get in on this. Re- I've heard of this relaxing before. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure I've done it any time recently. Mood. <laughs> um, <laughs> big mood. So yeah, we're we're gonna be taking a break. Uh, so no episodes of the twenty fifth and the first of January, but we will be back in twenty twenty one. Oh yeah, it feels so good to say. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> it's so close. I can feel it. Um, yeah, we'll be back in twenty twenty one with some new shows uh, and some new uh, guests to talk to about uh, fun things that they're working on that we're uh, getting lined up. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, just one more time. No episode on the 25th, no episode on the 1st. We'll be back in 2021. Yay. Uh, but yeah, so we got this week's episode, next week's episode. Still have some fun talking about D&D. Um, and yeah, the second piece of news is that uh, next week on December 16th, uh, it's Wednesday, uh, we will be doing another live stream. Woo! Yeah. Uh, Garlock and Laura. Is it Laura Lee? I always screw this up. Laura Lee. Laura Lee. I don't know why I keep screwing that up in my head. <laughs> Garlock, Laura Lee, Garwar, and uh, uh, Watt221B will be back, uh, and um, Storyteller Mars will be running a game for us, and this is going to be part of an all-day stream with uh, uh, Codename Entertainment. It's going to be happening, oh gosh, I should have looked at the times, I think it's... I want to say it's like four or five o'clock. It, pay it, uh, check out our, our Twitter feed at Difficulty Class or any of our personal feeds, and we'll definitely be talking about it and tweeting out the times and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun, uh, and I can't wait to see what Mars has in store for us. We're gonna be we're gonna be higher levels too. Yes, yeah. We'll we'll talk about this more as it comes up, and yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is the last show before it happens. So oh, yeah. <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're we're gonna be higher levels. Garlic gets gets more fire. <laughs> Lorely gets more ways to get us out of trouble. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, tune in for that, or uh, you know, keep an eye out for when that's gonna be happening. We're very excited about it. Um, but that is gonna do it for dungeon keeping. So let's get into our first topic, which is a listener topic. Hey. Yeah, uh, we got a uh, email in uh, from Thomas, uh, who, uh, for full full disclosure, is uh, one of my players and now DM uh, for the games that we're running. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was an idea he was throwing around. We thought it'd be fun to talk about it on the show um, and see where that conversation leads. And I, and Allie, you were going to read that for us, aren't you? Yeah, I'm somewhat good at reading, yeah. so let's go. <laughs> yeah. 
You're better than me. <laughs> From Thomas, he says, hi, Trevor and Allie. Uh, I've recently started looking into DMing for my friends, and I know I wanted Spoiler, to start them at is. level one. Yep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was considering starting them at level zero for the first session or two, depending on pacing. The gist is that they would pick their classes and backgrounds like normal, except for the following changes. Uh, starting hit points would be four plus their con mod. Proficiency is plus one. And all martial weapons and armor proficiencies are taken away. They would still have skills and saves. Uh, any spellcasters would not get their spell slots. I haven't decided if I should let ritual casting be a thing or not yet. I think this could be an interesting uh, concept to let characters introduce themselves more through roleplay, as well as get some mileage out of the lower CR monsters, like non-large beasts, awakened shrubs, or smaller mycenoids. Uh, this could be an interesting way to start the campaign, or should I stick with level one to start? Cheers, Thomas. So, uh, I think... Before we get into the overall concept of this, let's talk about this style just on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I I get the idea of this uh, with the level zero and you know making it more about role play and whatnot. But my my only argument is, with, especially with the proficiency bonus thing, is like things with like half CR still have normal proficiency bonuses. Yeah. Like the the reason they're the CR that they are is because uh, that's the, the CR is measured by uh, four players, player characters of that level fighting that thing. That's the difficulty set for. If you have one, you know, level one player and put them against a CR one, they're going to have a rough time. They mm-hmm. That thing could actually take them down. Um, yeah, the one so, fourth is meant to be a 1v1 against a level one kind of concept. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the... I, this one sounds deadly, <laughs> and um, I I I think as a concept it it is cool, but the especially the spellcast part. If I was a spellcaster and I had no spell slots, I'm like, cool, I'm useless. Well, like so, okay. Here's here's kind of what how I interpreted this 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 level zero, so okay. to speak. I have approached my game like my Neverwinter game in the sense of that. In the early levels, you actually had a mentor who was teaching you how to get to that next step, how to get to that next level. And when they did level up, they got new things, but they also role played that level up with the mentor. And so with this, I like the idea that like for spellcasters, especially you have only mastered your cantrips. Like you have spell slots, but you don't know how to use them. I hadn't even thought about I for some reason when he when he said uh, they don't get any of their spell slots. I totally, no spell didn't, I just was like, no spell, no spells at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's not that bad. Yeah. And so like you, you literally have a book. You're still reading out of it, how to cast mage hand. You don't know how to do that automatically yet. <laughs> you still have to look it up at your flashcards, you know? And it's like, and you, you have the, the non-martial weapons that you can be good with. And it's like, yeah, we all know how to use a knife, but uh, this guy he he he's figuring out how to use it better than us. And so it's like I like the idea of taking that like mentorship and applying it to even level 1 of how do you how you got to level 1 because that's something that we kind of approach using the backgrounds. Uh, mm-hmm. cuz D&D assumes that you already got to that level 1 by using the backgrounds. Mm. And so essentially instead of I think the only part that I would change if you really wanted to go for this would be to not let them take their background interesting because interesting. whatever they do here is their new background at level zero 
Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Like, the, the way I see this, where I think this could work for a very specific story. Yeah. Like, imagine if there was a village and it was set upon by, you know, like, small demons. Um, <laughs> We're not talking, like, big boys or anything like that. <laughs> but, um, like, and then all of a sudden, the barkeep at the tavern the the cobbler the 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 uh blacksmith who's never actually wielded a sword but knows how to make them like they hop into battle yeah and and then start defending it that could be a way to do this one and then the explanation of level one is like um I, I, the character that pops into mind is actually from Dragon Age Origins this character named Duncan who you know comes to you and is like hey i think you could be a gray warden let's go check this out like have a mentoring character who is i guess they would have to be kind of a jack of all trades to like teach the whole group everything Mm -hmm. but yeah have someone who does come in and then like so maybe that first session is them surviving whatever is the call to action and then the second session would be all training which i guess the more i'm thinking about this the more i'm like the this could actually be a fun way for new players, which is funny because when I first looked at this, I went, this is this would be terrible for new players. <laughs> but if you did this right, you could actually teach them D&D almost thematically instead of mechanically. Yeah, because, I mean, we, we mentioned it before, but like 5e, one of the beautiful things about it is that it's simple. And this yeah. this would be adding whole thing onto it because this isn't following the normal rules of D. This is this is essentially adding on like it's like an DLC add-on. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like you'd have to learn a kind of a new way to play because you, technical you wise, know, yeah, we talked about it earlier, the one fourth creatures would still kick their ass because they don't have weapon or armor proficiencies. It's like it's a civilian characters fighting these yeah. things. I and but now that I'm thinking about I'm like what if you didn't have them even pick a class? Yeah. No. What if you just what if you just rolled stats, gave them their the the uh plus one proficiency? Well, I guess you wouldn't have any proficiencies then. No. Um you're literally be would be handing out the civilian stat blocks. <laughs> yeah. But but think about doing that and then almost role playing your character creation. This is a concept I never thought about before. We're mm-hmm. like Instead of everyone sitting down and, I mean, there should be a session zero, I think, just of conversation for this. But then having this, like, role playing out, it's like, okay, well, I, I the first thing I'm picking is an ancestry or heritage or something like that. It's like, okay, I'm going to be an elf. I'm going to be a dwarf. All right, cool. Roll your stats. There you go. This And then instantly after that, start playing the game. Yeah. And as they're going, they're like, okay, what's the nearest thing to me? Oh, uh, there's an antique sword uh, that's up on the tavern wall. Okay, I grab that. You're very unwieldy with it because you've never used a sword before, so you only add your strength to it. Mm -hmm. And going through and doing that, and then as they're doing it, as they're learning, being like, okay... um, maybe they have an idea of what class they're going for. And it's like, when you do that, you've be, uh, you get proficiency with it. Like giving them their proficiencies as you go and stuff. It could be an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, like I, I you were saying 
role-playing the session zero, I think that's actually a really good way. That's I think it is almost easier for new players than than uh, experienced players because yeah. I've kind of played that game before. Um, ben ran a game for us once where it's like, okay, so we picked everything. We know what we're going to do. We already know what we're doing, like our plan for the next like three levels. Okay, but now you're starting off. You're in a shipwreck. You don't have anything. And mm-hmm. as like as experienced players, it's like I just want to get to the part where I already have my stuff. Yeah. And so it's like that was almost frustrating in that way. But I think for newer players, it would be more of a, a better experience. Like I think it would be like you were saying, like it, it would be a great way to figure out exactly who your character was um, and how they got there. <laughs> like <laughs> because you're literally doing like. We we often go into games saying, well, how how is why is your character here? And we often say, ah, because of money, or it's like, Meh, maybe they were looking for adventure. It's like, well, here you're literally figuring that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, no, that's true. Yeah, so I mean, like overall, I I like the idea, but I think D and D five e like you can't do it raw. Like you'd have to do it. Like you'd have to almost make a secondary tabletop game to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. And like the this is this is something that that for me uh I, I kind of struggle with because I know that I do it, but at the same time there's a part in it's like if you're if you're looking to do something that D and D doesn't, there's probably a game that does. Mm-hmm. Um and this one is kind of a perfect example for me because I look at this and I immediately go, Oh, this is Dungeon Crawl Classic. Oh, <laughs> they have the, they have this in Dungeon Crawl Classic. Granted, it's a lot more brutal um, to the point where they're like, "You're gonna roll four level zero characters, and you're gonna play all of them. Uh, whoever survives is your level one character." Oh my god! Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, did did you get to play in that one with us? No. When we, no, you didn't. You didn't do that one. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. It, it's it's pretty crazy. Like I, I've run it for two groups, and like one of them, one person lost a character before they even got into the the ruins. Like there was like some zombie shrub or something <laughs> like that, and it rolled an attack, and he had two hit points, and it oh hit him God. for six. No. And he just instantly died. <laughs> but then there's other things that can happen where uh, one person's character fell down a well that was actually an extra dimensional portal to some hellish landscape. And he came out as a fleshless demon and was like, hey, what's up? Oh, <laughs> yep. I cast spells now that might blow us all up. And then he did. He TPK'd the entire group <gasps> by casting a spell. It was amazing. Wow. <laughs> um. So... Yeah, like that. That's kind of that's one thing that I, that I know that I do. Where I'm like, oh, I wish D and D did this. And I'm sure if I looked hard enough, I'd find a game that does it. But I know that sometimes, like, that may be true. But I'm like, yeah, but I want to keep continuing the story that I have. Mm-hmm. So now with 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 Tom, like again. Full disclosure, I know him. He's he's a friend of mine, and uh, he was considering doing this with our new game. 
Um, personally, for our group, I don't think it would have worked that well. I mean, like, we played session one of this last night, and um, St. James literally almost got killed the first attack that got thrown at us. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, it would. It, <laughs> I don't think this one would have worked that well with our group because we're very, you know, we're just going straight in. Like, if we get killed... Hopefully somebody can bring us back. <laughs> um, but ha- have have you ever run into to stuff like that where it's like there there's a mechanic that you want to do that would almost completely change what D and D is? Uh, well, you remember that time when I wanted to play Skyrim in D and D, so I started making my own RPG. Oh my god, yeah, I do. Yeah, so I get that. <laughs> and I and I have totally done that too. Yeah. Like sometimes you just really want to play D and D, but D and D doesn't provide at all what you're looking for. <laughs> and so, <laughs> at some point, you're you're kind of too stubborn to realize that you should probably just look for a different RPG. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like, mean, like that's just how stubborn we are. We're just like, well, fine, I'll make my own RPG. It's like there's plenty of other ones. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I want to make a Dragon Age D and D game. It's like, did you know? Hang on. Before you go into that work, <laughs> did you know there's a Dragon Age RPG out there? <laughs> it's fantastic. It's like, oh, I want to build a, a D&D game where all of us are vampires in modern day setting. Hang on. Before you do that, wait. <laughs> did you know there's a game called Vampire the Masquerade and it has rules and everything? <laughs> it's like uh, there, there's all these things that people want to do with D&D. And the beautiful thing, 5e has set itself up to be available for whatever it is. But there's also so many games out there that's done the hard work for you <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, i i remember <laughs> this is before i was into D, okay and was very judgmental of D. Mm-hmm. uh i remember being at uh at, at my college sitting in the cafeteria and where where me and me and my buddy always used to sit was like two tables away from the nerds uh-huh. like they were what's funny is i ended up becoming part of this group uh but they 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 were like revenge of the nerd style nerds sitting over there and i remember one day sitting there and one of the one of the guys walks up to the other table and it just says like in the stereotypical nerd voice guys last night i figured out how to convert pokemon into D D, and i literally i went oh my god no <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is though is that like i know that someone's made a Pokemon tabletop RPG, mm-hmm. and 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 like I think, like we we kind of diverged into the different topic here, but like I think the thing is, is that like not everything has to be converted into D and D. Yeah, and I almost feel it's better for that because there's mechanics in like Dragon Age, like you were talking about. There's mechanics in Dragon Age that very much feel like the Dragon Age video game that you wouldn't get with D and D. And I think that's one reason, like, when when you wanted to play Skyrim and I, <laughs> I wanted to play Destiny, uh, <laughs> we started trying to work on new systems because there were things that D&D didn't provide or that hindered uh, doing that. Because, like, can you imagine trying to do the Vancey and magic of D&D in Skyrim? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't work. Honestly, Fantasy Age, the, the system that Dragon Age is uh, is built on, would work better for Skyrim because they have um, a mana pool where it's like you have yeah. points that you spend to do stuff. 
Um, now what's funny is I say this and I was talking about destiny for me. Someone recently did convert destiny into D and D and I was like, Oh, this is actually really cool. See, like, um, I'm totally not at all saying don't do it. Cause we're still both yeah. impressed that someone did like, that's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't read me right. I'm not telling you don't do it. If you want to sit there and do it, I I'm sure there, where there is a will, there's a way. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, is that first. See if someone uh, has done something like it in a different RPG that may make it easier for you to convert it. Yeah, and even, um, wouldn't you know it, have like a more fun of a time. Like you were mentioning, Dragon Age felt more like Dragon Age in their system versus if you tried to use the, the D20 system with D&D. Yeah. I, I, I do think that like when, at the end of the day, the one of the reasons why people do usually try to convert stuff into D&D, especially when they've been playing it with their group for so long, is because, and I know this from experience, when you go to a group and you're like, hey guys, I've got a new RPG, they all go, oh fuck. <laughs> not, not again, Trevor. <laughs> that was literally us, because I've mentioned on the show before, like Ben would be like, hey guys, I have like 12 RPGs that I haven't touched. I want to try them. And we're like, okay. Yeah. And he's like, okay, but we're also doing this every other week. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, oh, <laughs> okay. Back back, back in the day, back in the, the prime time of me playing RPGs, uh, my group in one week would play 4th edition, Pathfinder, and Star Wars RPG or Star Wars uh, Edge of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Like we just played all the freaking RPG systems because we had the time to. Yeah, I had the time to sit down and I, you know I had a parking lot job at the time where <laughs> <laughs> all I had to do was look up, wave at some old person, write down their information, and then go back to reading an RPG book. I you know I did that for like five hours a day, and so I had the time to read through RPG books and everything. Um, so I. I get the apprehension of not wanting to move away from D&D, especially with your group who's so who's played that for so long, knows the rules, and is weary about starting a new system that they don't know the rules on. I know, like, even when we played Pathfinder 2nd Edition, like, we were all very excited to play 2nd Edition because it's new and it's shiny. Mm-hmm. But we also had that, shit, we don't know any of the rules anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... Oh my god! Like we're, even still to this day, like in, in that Pathfinder game, we have to go. Wait, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, like constantly. Um, it's like that. I remember that when we were building characters, I was straight up just sitting on the couch, looking at the book for like a thirty seconds, and just being like, "Wait, okay, hang on. How do I start making a character?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's it's we we already said that. I'm like, I know, but I, I think I need help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to, to, to what, to the email that Tom sent, I do think that it is a cool idea that would work with the right group. And I think that's like kind of the, my last point on it anyways, is that like, if you are going to do something that changes the mechanics of the start of the game or even whatnot, having a conversation with the group ahead of time, not even, I'm not even talking about session zero. I mean, like message your group talk to them somehow and be like hey i want to do something different here is an example of what it would be like before springing on them in session zero or something Mm -hmm. like that i think that i think that can ease them better into that yeah and i i like the idea of it and i almost say like because of how 5e is almost supposed to be 
really simple. You can skip trying to do all the the math behind it and trying to figure out what would be in there and what wouldn't be in there and just role play literally every aspect of it. Even if you had a fight, role play that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and uh, that no, way it would just be, you'd be able to handle it and then you'd be able to easily transition into level one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talked about uh, role playing a whole session with no dice or anything I want to say recently, but who knows in 2020. Uh... <laughs> yeah, they, they handled it, uh, an adult white dragon because uh, they were way over leveled for it. So we're just like, let's just role play this out. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that could doing it that way could handle some of the deadliness of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you they did come up against something that was more than what they should have had, but you want to have that epic moment. Um, And again, if you have the right group who will, you know, role play things and not just make themselves Captain America or whatever, just, you know, beating everything up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If your party is interested in drama and interesting storytelling, I think they'd have a fun time with that. And, really build this camaraderie of a group that's like, no, we became adventurers together. Yeah. No, I mean, like, so. they we, they just did the group patrons and, and Tasha's again. And I think yeah. this would be a wonderful way to bring that in solidly, too. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, you got any uh, any other thoughts on this one? Uh, no. I mean, I, I love the idea. Just uh, try to keep it simple as you can because it is 5e. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I agree with that. All right. Well, let's uh, put a break right here and uh, give away some champion's loot. Woo. This week's code is Y-E-A-H-L-I-S-K-R-A-Z-Z. Put that code into Idle Champions on any of the numerous platforms that they're available on and get a free gold chest on us. Then take a screenshot of what you got and send it to us at Difficulty Class on Twitter because we love to see what kind of loot you get to help kick evil's butt. Now, back to a Trevor who didn't set up a joke. All right, our DC spotlight for this week is, uh, well, I mean, I guess it would be easier to just say our spotlight is dusty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because we got week. two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we got two things that a uh, friend of the show, Dusty Hill, is working on um, that we would love for you to go support. Uh, first off, uh, from uh, he's got a new podcast coming out with two other Dusties. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way that's going to get confusing. Uh, so uh, Dusty Hill, along with Dusty Weathers, who has been on the show before, uh, he runs the Xanathar account, and uh, Dusty Cash, who is uh, a, a friend of Dusty Hill's. Uh, so I'm assuming they're going to be using their last names on the show. <laughs> but uh, they have a RPG uh, uh, podcast that's uh, going to be launching sometime soon. They haven't announced the official release date yet, uh, but you can follow them on Twitter. The podcast name is From Dust to Dice, which is just... I love I it. I love it. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so freaking good. Um, and uh, you can follow them on Twitter at From Dust to Dice uh, and keep up with uh, what's going on with them and when their show is going to be premiering. Um I they've or I've been already hearing because they they've been uh, bulk recording these. That is I, I think is a fantastic way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yet you know we <laughs> we just do it week to week. We're like screw it. We're just doing it week to week. Uh, <laughs> but they they've been bulk recording and Dusty's been telling me that he's been laughing while editing, which is always a good sign. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
So definitely go uh, follow them and uh, get ready to uh, subscribe when they when they go live. This is going to be a good show that you should definitely keep an eye out for. Um, the second thing that uh, I we're going to sh- uh, shout out is actually uh, something that he's doing with his other podcast, Shouting in Place. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's doing a fundraiser right now. And uh, let, let me get the exact. Uh, hey, here's the tweet they said: "Doing another fundraiser. This one is a bit different. Instead of uh, going to an organization, I'm raising money for a good friend whose family has been struck by cancer in this hell of a year. Mm-hmm. Any bit helps. And also, there's some shirts with an uh, with original designs on it. Mm-hmm. So Dusty's doing this really fantastic thing for a friend who's obviously going unnamed. Um, and all the money that is from this is going to go to that friend to help support." Uh, any treatment, any hospital bills, anything like that. Yeah. Uh, anything that they need for help in this absolute terrible time of a year. Um, but he's got three fantastic shirts. Uh, one of them uh, is uh, uh, that just says Cisuera, uh, which is a thing that you know he he si says a lot. Cisuera. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I still like during uh, our Pathfinder game it was Cisafuego. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, we and can. Then, yeah, no, he he's made these designs himself too, and they look great. He did. He used Canva, and I I I, I love these. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of them, uh, I think he called it Blinks, which is this cat bird creature that I absolutely love. Um, and then a third one that says, uh, "Be the queer that you want to see in the world," which yes, fantastic. Yeah, and there's love there's it. a there's different colors behind it too, so you can go for like. Uh, the you can have it be a bi shirt with the bi flag. You can have it be the lesbian flag behind it, the trans flag behind it, and it's like there's some good options here. So if if you want a, a nice you know just chef's kiss queer shirt to get, uh, <laughs> this this is a good one to go for. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Um, but yeah, we're gonna tweet these out as normal uh, on uh, on Friday when the show goes live. But please go support uh, either of his shows. Dusty's doing great work, and uh, I, I can't wait for y'all to hear what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are gonna hop into our second topic now, which is which is uh, holiday themed. Yeah. Merry, merry, merry holidays. Happy Chrysler. Merry holidays. It's great. Happy, happy Chrysler. <laughs> that video still makes me freaking laugh. Same. <laughs> um, so I don't know about you, listener, uh, but uh, Allie and I in the past have enjoyed doing holiday games. Mm-hmm. Uh, ones that are uh, either around the season, the date, or even a friend's birthday. Um, and... We've had a lot of fun doing them, and we thought that this would be kind of a fun time to talk about those because it's the holiday season. Yes. Everything's all chilly <laughs> and, and cheery. I'm literally wearing a electric blanket. <laughs> I'm I'm literally wearing flannel pajamas because <laughs> it's freaking COVID and nothing matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So what what kind of holiday games have you done before? I have done a few. Um, I've done like holiday themed adjustments to my actual game. I've been a part of a Halloween uh, one shot that just transitioned into, no, this was real. This was part of your game. I've been a part (laughs) of, I've made a Halloween one shot um, that kind of derailed a campaign. Sad news, but fun. (laughs) Um, I've ran a Thanksgiving one shot (laughs) for for the bookstore. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. We definitely got to talk about Mm -hmm. that one. 
Um, I've done a uh, liar's night, so to speak, in the Neverwinter game. So that was fun. Nice. <laughs> um, but I, I surprisingly thinking about it, I've never actually ran like a whole, like a Christmas or winter solstice kind of one. I have. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Cause I'm so <laughs> tempted to, because that just sounds like a lot of fun right now. <laughs> um, so I, th- I, I think the way that I, I want to start off this conversation is the, the, th- thought behind i mean obviously the thought behind it is i want to do a holiday game because holidays tis the season um yeah <laughs> but like what was how did you approach that were you like okay i'm gonna do a very obvious holiday themed one or am i just gonna kind of get the feel of it there what what was kind of your thought process behind the ones that you did yeah um if they're one shots 100 percent stick hard and true to the stereotypes that if you see it you're like oh that's that that's that holiday Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, for the Thanksgiving one, they had to hunt down a giant turkey, literally. And uh, the yeah, I turkey... think I think we called it a dire turkey. Yeah, uh, it had the stats of an owl bear essentially. <laughs> they had to hunt it down. <laughs> I forgot you used the owl bear. I oh god, which creature? Did I... I had a breath weapon. I gave that freaking turkey a breath weapon. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I want to say it was like a young black dragon or something, mm-hmm. but yeah. So it's like so just good. stick to the stereotypes that can very clearly point out, hey, you guys are in this situation and have fun with it, mm-hmm. and then you kind of go from there. Um, like the Thanksgiving one, this giant turkey was being raised uh, by this coven of hags, and these guys who are at the bookstore, they're only level like three. They're not going to take down a coven of hags. And so it was interesting because they had to go quietly, like, Home Alone style, steal this turkey from these (laughs) hags and, like, get really clever about it. And it didn't help that the turkey could talk. So (laughs) (laughs) it was like they they had to figure that out because it it was just a fun just day going about it. And everyone did definitely felt like. Yeah, that I got Thanksgiving out of it because there was also this overall meaning about you know spending time with your with your family, which were heavily portrayed by the hags. But it was great, and it's like get the stereotypes and the overall feeling of a holiday mm-hmm. as much as you can into the game. Halloween's easy; yeah. make it as scary as you can, right? <laughs> make it about not being someone that you usually are, right? So it's like fill out those stereotypes of the holiday and it's the more you do the more fun it is i feel the the one that i've done the most is halloween i've done three halloween sessions and oh my god did we not do one for curse of strahd i don't think we did that's kind of funny now that i think about it (laughs) oh we i think we finished just before halloween it was it was that's right yeah uh I, I was. I even lamented. I'm like, oh, I should have spaced this out better. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the uh, the three that I've done are are Halloween or were around Halloween, and themed is in it was scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't specifically go for like pumpkins and you know stuff like that. In fact, two of them were just Silent Hill. Yeah. Uh, because for me, Silent Hill is a Halloween game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, one of the ones that I played in was uh, based off of, oh, why am I blanking on his name right now? The really scary man with the white face and the, the multiple Slenderman. Slenderman. Yeah. Yeah. Slenderman, which led to hilarious roleplay moments later in the campaign. Um, <laughs> it was it was it was an interesting 
like one shot that kind of turned into because it was just the two of us that were able to show up that day. So our DM Eric was like, I'll just I'll just run a Halloween one that I've had in my head for a while. And it was fun because it was terrifying. But yeah, yeah, like that's that's I think Halloween, if you're going to start with a with a one shot based on a holiday is the easiest one to go for. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. hundred percent. Oh, yeah. If you're if you're DMing a lot, you probably already have ran quite a few scary situations. And so just think that concept and just amplify it for the entire session. <laughs> yeah. I uh, the the first time I did a Halloween one uh, was one of those ego boosting moments as a DM for me because my players legitimately told me they got scared. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, w- because what I did, there was uh, five of them. And I split them all up at the beginning. They were all in their own separate hells. Ooh. And reliving something from their traumatic past. Ooh. And then I sent them into Silent Hill. Because, you know, you, you got to have you gotta have trauma in Silent Hill. <laughs> it's a rule. <laughs> it's true. Um, and, yeah, then the other one that I did that wasn't Silent Hill uh, was actually with you and the, the Tiamat group. Mm-hmm. The Knights of Skyreach when uh, I sent you guys basically into just different areas of Lovecraftian horror. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were the only one by yourself and you were in an old castle with a Shogoth <laughs> sludging its way around. Ugh, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the character sheet where after that we all had a permanent like, oh, here's your sanity score as an ability yep. score. <laughs> yep. I gave you guys a sanity score from the DMG. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that doing little things like that, like the I think the Sandy Score one was a really fun one, yeah, because it introduced just a one-time mechanic and it worked really well, and it it, it gave you guys something to stress over on your sheet besides your health points. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, because we're in the you know we're in the 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 Christmas season and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, the the one winter uh, holiday themed one that I did, uh, I did do a Christmas game for the bookstore before you uh, and everybody was brought on. Um, I don't. Oh, you were there for this one. You were a player in it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you and Spencer were both there. Remember, I uh, it was the simulacrums. <gasps> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I so we did a um winter time in uh Neverwinter and uh it was snowing and they had to do an investigation and they basically learned that like oh there were these uh murders happening and or no, I think I can't remember if it was murders or not but basically there was there were simulacrums that were showing up and they tracked it down to uh, it was this really magically powered kid who was trying to bring like dead loved ones back to life using simulacrums. Yeah. And then there was some evil wizard that, and I don't remember how we got to this point. It, there's a blink in my memory from, oh yeah, there's a kid here who's uh, tragically making simulacrums to try and make people feel good. And then a giant Santa Claus showed up. <laughs> There is a blank. I don't remember exactly how. Yeah, it's kind of... I think... don't quite remember how we got there. I think what it was was that... If I'm trying to remember it... We found the kid, and the kid was almost being used as, like, a focus to cast these spells through. And yeah. since we stopped the kid, the, the actual person who was, like, using him as a puppet got upset. Yeah, then I think he made a giant... Santa Claus simulacrum which you busted out a snowman literally from the store to use as the mini yeah yeah 
And uh, and he started hurling presents that exploded or made people or had they do wisdom saves. Then if they failed, they they were uh, uh, made to go over and open and something mm-hmm. rolled to happen. And I think <laughs> I made I, this one of my favorite things. I made that rolling table and I just started putting crazy things on it. <laughs> and I remember the last present that got opened, this kid had crawled up Santa Claus, gotten into the bag, and started opening presents. And he rolled a 20. And he's like, what do I find in there? And I look at him and go, me. <laughs> and he goes, excuse me. I go, I, in my, my D&D holiday sweater and everything, crawl out of the box and I'm very confused. <laughs> And so, so that that's kind of my favorite thing, though, about like holiday games. Like, I love doing wacky stuff in one shots, but doing a holiday game just makes it just lets me go even further and just crazier with it. Yeah, you can go just full on out there with it because yeah. it, it's supposed to be a one shot that gets you into the mood for the holiday. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you also want to play a game while you're there with your friends and or family, and it's like. It's such a great way to just get yourself into that vibe and like doing a holiday one. I was talking with Trevor. I was like, I'm thinking of doing one based around the year without a Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that would be like a perfect time for this one because like friend, we're all doing it over Discord, but I think it would be fun to do it. Okay. Okay. Let, 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 let's talk this out a little bit. Mm-hmm. How in your head have you thought about doing a year without Santa Claus in D&D? Well, essentially, instead of uh, like, it's forgive me, it's been like years since I've seen that movie, but it's still one of my favorite ones. <laughs> where it's like, yeah. instead of uh, the kids going to try to find Santa Claus, it's the group. Like they've been asked uh, to go find him, and so they have to go on this epic quest that literally is just going up a mountain because Santa is hiding out because he's bored. Okay, <laughs> and so. They're probably just, like we mentioned earlier, like really low level. The town just, they can't afford to send actual people up there. So like, you you guys actually care about this. Can you go find them? And so they go up and they encounter both the Heatmeister and the, the Freeze Meister too. And so it's like, they got both of them that they have to encounter. And then eventually they find uh, Mother Nature too. And she either Yay! gives them a boon, depending on how their role play situation is, or a fight. <laughs> because she's helping Santa Claus stay hidden. Oh my God, I love it. And then depending on how that goes, they'll eventually make it to the top of the mountain where Santa Claus is. And then they have to do the ultimate like persuasion check (laughs) to get him back in. Bonus points are automatic win if they sing him a song. Yes. (laughs) I was going to say like, you should have one of the misers, uh, like the the heat miser or something, like be a bard and they cast dis- dissonant whispers and it's like you just hear in your head I'm Mr. Heat Miser <laughs> yes like the the entire time it'll be just the the low ever present like presence of Christmas music in the background yeah like it's never not going to be happening during an intense scene you'll just hear like here comes Santa Claus in the background. <laughs> oh, see, that would give... The, I it, Every time they got into a fight, it would just be Carol the Bells by uh, Mannheim Steamroller just over and freaking... Oh, no, it's Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yep, that, just that really freaking epic, epic freaking song. <laughs> just... <laughs> 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 
And it's like totally fill it though with like the most ridiculous things. Like have toys come to life and like and it be totally just out of straw where it feels really weird but still fun and in a bubbly way. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that that's that's the outline that I have in my head that I haven't written down yet. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, I also do like I immediately in my head I was just like it'd actually be really freaking cool if there was one town up towards Icewind Dale, not quite into ten towns or something like that, where everyone is like sad and depressed and whatnot, and there was actually like some magic user that once a year brought toys for the kids. Like they there oh, is a so literal cute. Santa Claus like character from like how the origin story supposedly goes. Uh, in D and think that'd actually be kind of cool. <laughs> Just go all out wacky, and he's actually a merfolk, and his name actually is Sandy Claus. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes bearing gifts from the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing! Boom, underwater adventure. Just imagine this, this merfolk in a Santa Claus suit. I'm Sandy Claus. <laughs> <laughs> but call me Mr. Claus. Don't call me Mr. Claus. That's be- my father. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. Um, but yeah, I I I think doing these holiday ones and like I think for me like it does. I think you could mostly do like I'm not I, I'm not gonna I was gonna say you could do it with any holiday. I don't. I'm not familiar with every religious holiday. Forgive me. There may maybe. I don't know. I'm going to take my foot out of my mouth right now. Basically, what I'm saying is, like, if you want to have fun with a holiday that is for that, like, I, I think you could definitely do a good D&D game themed around it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, like, an, another one is birthdays. Like, I know I, I've had friends, like, I just want to play D&D for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Tara once, uh, for one of our friends, wrote a birthday adventure for her, uh, for her, and that was some of the most fun I've had as a player because Tara just did, like, again, you just gives you an excuse to do crazy things. Yeah. Like, at one point, we found a giant. We had to go find her character's presents. Because some (laughs) evil person had stolen all of them. And so we're going and we're just lugging around these giant, like at one point we found a giant stuffed animal of a unicorn that was (laughs) life-sized. She made a specific, she said specifically, it's not taxidermy. This is a massive stuffed animal. (laughs) (laughs) And then at some point the, the thing came to life. So her so the the birthday person's character she goes riding in on the stuffed animal <laughs> unicorn. It was it was really good. See, and that's like what's important because like holidays are supposed to kind of bring you at least a little bit of joy to you. And if there's a time to introduce your parents into D and D or like your family members, your brothers or sisters, this would be a good time. Just yeah. a zany one shot based on something that they're familiar with, that they don't have to know, like, all the lore of Faerun in order to get into. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, no, the town is trying to celebrate Christmas. However, all the toys got stolen. The parents yeah. already know, oh, that's a problem. I can fix that. <laughs> you know, it's like, so it's, it's not some, it's not a far reach for a mom or a dad to try to understand and, and relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I will also say um, Valentine's Day is a great one to do a one-on-one with your partner. It's fun. <laughs> yes. Tara and I haven't done that. We should do that one. 
I did that. Uh, Spencer and I did yeah. one. Um, we found a it, funny enough. So it was specifically on the DMs Guild for a one-on-one like romance. I story. think we've spotlit that. Yeah, one. and it was a lot of fun to do. It was great. See, they're they're they're, they're stuff for all occasions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got any uh, closing thoughts on uh, on, on holiday games? Uh, focus on the uh, main bullet points of holidays. What makes them fun for you and your group? If it is mm-hmm. the gift giving, make it about the gift giving. If it is about the religious aspects of it with your group, all of it, not just one person, please focus yeah. on that. Um, you know, it's like do something that'll make your friends or family like smile when they're playing the game. Cause, uh, and especially include the stuff that'll be like, I see what you did there. Like I'm yeah. going to throw in the heat miser. People are going to be like, oh, I know that guy. I'm going to say the freeze miser. He's got no pants on, even though it's negative 20 degrees. It's going to make a laugh, right? So it's like, <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna recognize these things, and that's that's what I recommend. Just put in stuff that you would love to see in a D and D game. I love that. I don't I don't think that anything better could be said for that. Well, <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that is gonna do it for this week's episode. We hope that you enjoyed it and got uh, some some level of help from I don't know <laughs> words some holiday cheer <laughs> some holiday cheer yeah some ideas or something like that uh, if you did enjoy uh, this episode the best way to support it is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice honestly it really does help so that mm-hmm. we can grow this community and uh, and have some fun conversations uh, five stars obviously is appreciated please <laughs> don't, don't be jerks um <laughs> If you, uh, if you want to keep up to date on the show, you can do that on Twitter at Difficulty Class and on Instagram at Difficulty Podcast. And uh, if you have your uh, own topic suggestions, uh, advice, story ideas, or anything like that, uh, send it into difficultyclass at gmail.com, and we'd love to talk to you about it and maybe even have it on the show at a future time. And again, remember, uh, after next week's episode, we're taking two weeks off, mm-hmm. uh, but then we'll be back in the new year. With hopefully, you know, much, just much better everything. Renewed vigor. It'll be great. Renewed vigor. It'll be great. Uh, but until next week, have a good game. Mm-hmm.